Hello, listeners, and welcome to Ad and Jay Chat Footy, our excuse to catch up, chat footy, and force our mediocre opinions and inaccurate facts onto others. I'm Ad, and with me is my co-host, Jay. How are you doing today, Jay? I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm glad that you're calling me a co-host now. Am I a co-host? <laughs> co-host, yeah, mate. We're, we're on equal pegans. I may do all the work and introduce us, but you're my equal, don't worry. Do all the editing, sort out all the times. Wait around for me to join the chat. Yeah, write the theme tune, sing the, sing the theme tune, all of that. Yeah. Um, okay, so on today's show, we are going to do a very brief roundup of our teams. Then the exciting part, Ad and Jay will discuss the all-time England 22-man squad. But obviously, when I say all-time, it's going to be from 1996 onwards. Uh, and then from that, we'll pick an all-time first 11. And then I will finish with my controversial opinion on Paul Scholes. Are you ready to go, Jay? I am, yeah. It's, so is, 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 is Scholes not in your squad? Oh, yeah, it's not that controversial, oh. don't worry. <laughs> Pretty bad. I, yeah, I deserve to never be on the show again if I, if I pick, did pick him for my squad. Um, okay, so we'll start with Liverpool, Jane. Do you want to give a bit of a roundup of how they've been doing recently? But most recently, what, going out the Champions League? That's yeah, lovely, well, I guess just since our, our first, um, our last podcast, which I think was about three weeks ago. So I think it's been a bit up and down time for them yeah terrible in madrid that's first champions league leg like absolutely just awful like, awful to watch mistakes um premier league we've been doing okay in uh i think i think we do we beat wolves i think we beat wolves i can't remember yeah beat wolves you beat arsenal as well oh yeah uh, arsenal was terrible but you it's still it was still a good win at arsenal oh yeah that arsenal have we not spoke since that arsenal game no no yeah no yeah we haven't uh, discussed that oh my god Arsenal were horrible like, it actually made me feel better watching <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> yeah the thing is it's annoying Arsenal I'll, I'll talk about it when we get into it but just so hot and cold um, and we were just so bad like we, we played front three of Aubameyang Lacazette and Pepe and I'm, I'm sorry I've never seen us have a good game I could be short short memory here but I've never seen us have a good game when those three have played together and especially with the Bamiang on the left yeah, not, not a fan of that at all but yeah terrible they didn't, forward. Um, didn't, I, I can't, I'm just trying to that Arsenal I mean Arsenal when they played they just it was like that they had a game plan but they didn't use the game plan they every time they, they didn't ever try and like play through Liverpool they'd kind of go no. over the top but with no one expecting it to go over the top. And so every yeah. time, like, they just... It may, when I, do you know what? When I saw the lineup, I was actually quite worried because I thought Liverpool's defence, that Arsenal attack, especially with Odegaard, because he played just in behind, didn't he? And yeah, yeah. I think the first, like, few minutes of the game, you thought, actually, I can see what Arsenal are going to do here. And then they just didn't do it. Like, they just didn't... They, no. they, they, it was almost like they did they they played very defensive with yeah looking for the counter attack but didn't play on the counter so every time they played that ball up there it would just go into someone that was isolated like every single time i don't know what you i don't know i don't know if you remember do you, do you i don't know if you're like me and just wipe Not out too much brain. yeah a, a little bit i th- i think the problem was we probably put a bamyang on the left thinking that trent alexander arnold's going to be pegging forward and it's going to give him space to potentially have balls played over there for him to attack, but I, I think Aubameyang was pegged back anyway, so he couldn't even do the counter-attacking and get into that position behind Trent Alexander-Arnold. So it, it was just poor all over. I, I, yeah, I, I can't really make any excuses or reasons why. I think we were just terrible. Um, yeah, the shape we had was bad. Didn't have the right players in. Like move. Okay, we, we play better when we've got Emil Smith-Rowe playing, Saka playing, and we've got either Aubameyang or Lacazette in the middle. We can't have any of those on the, playing on the side. We need a proper midfielder there. Um, so, yeah, it's just, just yeah, poor decision-making in terms of who played, and it, our system just didn't work. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, and no, then no, it's weird, because then Arsenal were really good, weren't they, on Thursday? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought Liverpool did well, though, against Arsenal. Yes. Yeah, 
I think they they definitely deserved the win. Uh, and, you know, it was down to how Liverpool were playing that were Arsenal were doing so poor. Mm. Yeah, I think that... But then... You can do, like... You just reminded me then about, like, when I was watching the game on Wednesday against Real Madrid and, and we had we had them chances and you just think, if if Liverpool don't don't score in the first, let's say, half an hour or 45 minutes, there's a very good chance they're going to lose the game. Yeah. I feel like that over the, over the last, like, especially this year and, you know, last, let's say, last 10 games, it's just been so, such a common occurrence. Liverpool, lots of chances, missing chances that over the last three seasons they would have scored and then just, then concede on the break. Like, I can't, all I kept thinking about the Real Madrid game, as soon as they missed them chance at the start, you just thought, we might be stuffed here now because I'd seen it so often over the last, like I said, 10 games. Just yeah. Constant, like, making chances, getting into positions which last season they would have scored in. And do you know what? You then think the game, that, that is the fine margins between ultimately not just winning games, but like winning competitions. Is them, you know, because if you were to look over the last three years, I think that from a possession perspective maybe not from an intensity perspective but definitely from possession perspective and chances created I would say Liverpool would pr- probably haven't changed that much it's not like you watch Liverpool and they haven't con- they, they're not creating chances they're just not finishing chances did you see the game on Wednesday? yeah yeah, yeah. well I was fl- flicking between between the two games and but I, did, I did see a large portion in particular of that first half when yeah loads of chances they're, you know they're pinging the balls in the box and they're, or they're outside of the box um, yeah, that's the thing. It was it was looking hopeful at one point. I, I, I thought, but then when it got to half time, you just thought, I just can't see. And then we had another spell beginning of the second half where we did exactly the same again, put them under pressure. It didn't concede, and then it, yeah, it was a bit of a um, it was a bit. I wouldn't say pathetic, but yeah, just you just knew what the outcome was going to be. I did. Yeah, the thing was, Real were very good at killing the game off. They they weren't really looking for a goal. They were good at just picking up those little annoying fouls that s- slow down the momentum of the game. Yeah. Because obviously for Liverpool to, to put them under pressure, it's that constant pressure of the ball just zipping in and out. And, you know, they clear the ball, you go straight back in. But they were just really good at just slowing it down with every opportunity, picking up those little fouls. And yeah, they, they, they were very good and effective at that but you know you, you still create those chances which was good but like I say previous seasons you would definitely at least got one of them in and then mm. and if you had got one of those in in the first half well it was even in the first half I think even with 10 minutes to go you get one in changes the rest of the game massively yeah yeah I, um yeah so I think yeah you're right it's just, we just need top four now it's just like you know there's eight games left I think Liverpool need to win six of them I'd say um yeah, that's a good point, actually. Let's have a little gander at the table, see what we're looking like. I'm looking at the championship table at the moment. Let's check the Premier League one out. Where, where are you at the moment? Off the top of your head, do you know? So, oh, that's the thing, after, after such a bad run, to still be in sixth is pretty, pretty good. So... Who's chasing you in seventh? Are you in any danger there? Well, Tottenham and Everton went no, through so, last night. Yeah, so Tottenham are two points behind, but they've had an extra game than you, so you're fairly safe there. So you're three points behind West Ham. Was it seven games left? Yeah, uh, eight, uh, yeah, seven games the, left. Yeah, th- 30, it's 38 games of the season. So, to us, well, of course, West Ham are doing good, but. You know, we we see it season after season. There's always that one team, but actually when it comes to crunch time, those last few games, um, when the pressure's on, they tend to crumble a little bit. So uh, West Ham, I could see doing that. Not sure about Leicester, though, whether they're going to crumble. Because they're on 56. So they are, they're four ahead of you. But you've also got Chelsea in fifth as well. So basically it's you and Chelsea trying to get Leicester and West Ham out of there. Yeah, you'd think that's what you'd... Uh, like. I mean, it... it... We have to finish in fourth. The thought of like yeah. not finishing, like especially with how the season not just started, but the expectation for the season, and yeah, I mean to not get fourth would be oh my goodness. 
what do you, what do you reckon will happen to the team players wise if you if you get your if you just get your well, league? Mark- do you reckon there are any definite levers? I actually think there'll be levers anyway this season. Oh, who? I think, uh, one of the front three will go. I think. Yeah. I I, because they've been together for four years now, and if you you know they're not getting any younger, and clearly this season it's kind of you felt that we might need a little bit of a freshen up up there, which Jot has given us to be fair when he's not been injured. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. I- well, the talk I've heard most of, and this is just general transfer talk, I think it's Ma- um, Mane. Oh, really? That's, that's so the I, name. I thought you were going to say Salah. No, I, th- I, th- I think I feel like I've I've heard more of Mane, especially especially to I swear Barcelona. I've heard quite a few rumours about him and Barcelona um, over the, over the, like the past year. So yeah, I'd, well, I suppose both, both him and Salah. For me, I wouldn't necessarily see it, but I think potentially. Both that'd be weird if both Mane and Salah went. Yeah, I, I um, I don't think both of them will go, but I do think uh, it just depends on money, doesn't it? Who's going to yeah. be able to front up the money to buy like a player like this? You know, because Liverpool aren't going to take less than let's say eighty million. Yeah, for for and, either of those, because their ages yeah. are still good, aren't they? They're not old, so. No, they are. They they are like twenty eight, twenty nine now, though. Yeah, but it's, that's it's kind of peak. It should be peak age. So if if it was in two years' time, then yeah, it would drop dramatically. Um, but yeah, you'd you'd kind of expect, yeah, I think about eighty million for either of them. But I think Liverpool are actually going to have a bit of money this summer. Based because on they've what? had a well, because so Le, you know LeBron, do you know LeBron James? Like I don't know why. Yeah, I said, yeah. you, know, you know the most famous basketball player in the world. I, th- you know? I think yeah, he's pretty um, good at something like that. Yeah, if you haven't, if you don't, if you've seen the new Space Jam trailer, he's the guy in that. Um, oh, no, I haven't seen, the, seen it. I'm, I'm quite intrigued by it because I absolutely, well, when I was a kid anyway, I'm not sure it's aged well, but I absolutely loved the original Space Jam. Oh, it's all right. It's, to be honest, it, it's Maisie likes to watch it like every, not every four hours, but every four yeah. days. <laughs> she loves to put it on. Um, yeah, it's quality. Um, anyway, so his, um, his, he's like, he owns part of Liverpool. Uh, yeah, like a small percentage, yeah. He he bought shares a, a few years ago, and um, they they basically put some money into the club, so they bought some more shares. So it's kind of freed up. I think about five hundred million. Um, oh, nice. Uh, and I I wonder whether it was planned that way, or whether actually after obviously Liverpool had a few injuries, didn't spend any money. You know, spent mint, limits amount of money, lost a load of games, which you know has, has potentially impacted our season. Yeah. Um, you know, if we'd just gone out and made a statement and just bought... I mean, don't get me wrong. When I saw when Koulibaly played against Liverpool, he was terrible. He gave the ball to us twice. But, you know, someone like that, just go and get yeah. a big name, um, then, yeah. yeah. I, so, so, yeah, I think there might be a bit of money for Liverpool to spend unless they're, they're about to spend it all on Mbappe. Yeah, that is the name I've heard. That, to be honest, not even just as him being a great footballer. That would be great signing. That, that just sends a statement because you're basically buying the number one hot prospect in the world. Mm. But to do that, that's yeah, that's, that's incredible. I don't think, I can't think of an English team has ever bought a higher profile player at that stage of his career. No, it would be quite. A, it would be quite a buy, wouldn't it? I mean, I still yeah. think it's, I'm in. I'm in dreamland a little bit, and. Um, <laughs> Let's be honest, yeah. but but I think you know Real Madrid and Barcelona. You, all I keep hearing is that they they don't just they just don't have the money. They're having to cut their squads and sell players, and it's the reason why yeah. Gale went on loan and Odegaard's gone on loan because they just don't have the money. Like you know, their stadiums are huge, aren't they? So the revenue that they must be losing from match days. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. The thing is, like system wise as well, Mbappe. If, if I say say you do sell. So, Mane, for instance, Mbappe sliding in on that left forward position mm. against someone like Firmino that can hold the ball up, play the cute little balls and touches through to him. That's an ideal replacement. Oh, I think that I would. Um, I Yeah, I can't. Even, I don't want to think about if we signed him because I think it might be a little bit pie in the sky. I think that the nine people who listen to our chat will probably be laughing and going, what the is he talking about? Because yeah, I don't know. Because fifty percent of them are Liverpool fans, so um, they're probably also in dreamland, aren't you? 
yeah, dreaming about it. But yeah, so I think I think there will be a bit of a change uh, for Liverpool. I think players, you know, like Origi will go and maybe Shakiri will go and, and it will free up a bit of space to... Yeah, to get some new blood Yeah, in. yeah, get some new... And, and I guess also, like, you know, Klopp has changed the way that we play over the last, like, two or three seasons. And maybe the way that we've played in the last three years isn't sustainable. Well, it clearly isn't because we haven't been performing at the level that we have. And, and I don't know if you remember before Coutinho went, we were playing a quite a different formation. I was playing, like, 4-2-3-1. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that will probably change our system again, and whether that's go to two holding midfielders, because I think a lot of teams have worked out how we play, and they'll come. And if you look at the games that Liverpool win, you look at like Arsenal, Arsenal, um, you know they aren't going to, they are going to play a, a certain way against Liverpool, and they're not going to change their way of playing to suit Liverpool. Whereas if you look at teams from, let's say, anyone kind of below Tottenham. And maybe Everton is actually they, they'll go well. Actually, we now have to play against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, put ten men behind the ball, you know, soak up the pressure. Tr- you know, try and you know our keeper's going to have to have an amazing game because that's generally what happens. Um, and then we'll catch them on the break and we'll score by going over the top or from a set piece. Um, so yeah, yeah I that's think it. Liverpool that's might um, change it up. From that, you'll need you'll need a pacey centre back, really, won't you? Yeah. Um. Well, I think if when Gomez and um, Gomez and Van Dyke come back, um, and I'll be honest, like there's something I don't know if you, you I don't know if you noticed, but and Nat Phillips, this guy who like he clearly like he's he was massively unfavoured because you know Fabinho was playing at centre back and Henderson was playing at centre back and he's been there the whole time, um, and he's a proper old school type of defender, win everything in the air. He's not that quick, but you know he. He will put his body on the line. Yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you noticed him on 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 Wednesday, but at the end of the game, it was like it was just like actually he was a a real high point for me from that leg, like from on Wednesday because he looks like a different player every time I see him play. He looks like he's just grown. He's just he he's more comfortable on the ball. He's an absolute beast at the back in regard to like putting his body on the line. He will literally chuck his face in front of tackles. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love it. And so I'm really hope just for him that, you know, that he does prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ends up staying. It's just the, the time it's, you know, you play, you surround yourself by top players. It's going to rub off on you. And he's, he's had that time to do that in training and in games now. And yeah, hopefully bring the best out of him and like I say especially because the negative consequences that happened and no one was expecting him to do very well yeah. and they were slagging him off to start with so it would be a nice story to turn that around yeah and Kabak's looked better as well who I wrote off on the first game of the season the game <laughs> yes she did I did I was just like, he does he turned like the QE2 and it's and, and, and actually he started to just drop back a little bit more and, and, and yeah it's been better don't get me wrong it's not you know it's not a Liverpool defence, but but it's definitely been better in the last in the last like three or four weeks, and we seem to be playing a bit more to our strengths as opposed to playing that ridiculously high line with no one that can run over three miles an hour in our defensive line. Mm-hmm. And I say that because it's very rare that Alexander Arnold and Robertson are there at the same time as like a back four. Yeah. It's more it's more yeah. likely that you've got someone like Milner filling in or Fabinho filling in um, while they two go forward, and 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 so when. When we do, when we are, then balls are played over the top. Um, yeah, we can sometimes struggle. But yeah, he was definitely a plus point. I'm really pleased for him. Um, that he's doing nice. He's doing well. Okay, well, we'll probably wrap that up there because, as ever, it's turned into the Liverpool show. Yeah, um, which which bodes well because fifty percent of the listeners are Liverpool fans from the sounds of it and from the comments we get on Instagram. So, um, I, yeah, I, I may as well just sneak off into the sunset and silence but um let's move on to arsenal so recent goings on after obviously very poor game against liverpool uh, i think we had a not so great game against first leg of slavia Prague, but then we smashed sheffield united which not necessarily something to be massively proud of but the way we did it was awesome we played some really good stuff we played a front three of lacazette saka and i think yeah i think it was saka and either pepe or smith rowe and then we obviously went into the Slavia Prague game where we won 4-0. So we're now into the Europa semi. So I think if Arsenal get to the final, that you know, that's that's a fairly good season for where we started the, the season. Um 
again, like I mentioned, just plays so much better when we've got that front. I'd say front three midfielders of Saka, Smith Rowe, and Odegaard. When those three play together, we, we look so much better. Uh, Bamiang's gone off the boil a little bit, but Lacazette stepped up. Uh, I don't know if you saw actually, Jay. Um, do you see Stevie Gerrard's comments on the Arsenal yeah. Slavia Prague game? Yeah, putting himself in the frame for the Arsenal job that comes up. <laughs> Mate, I, honestly, I like Stevie Gerrard's always been one of my favourite players, but I absolutely love that. Um, but it was, it was it was a good sort of. Did you see what Arsenal did before yeah, the game in yeah. terms of taking the knee? And it was very confrontational, and everyone was almost directly looking toward facing the Slavia Prague players when they were doing it. And it, yeah, it was it was a really like like Gerrard said, it was very very well done, very brave and made it very proud to be British and for me which is awesome because Arsenal for years have had a very kind of anti-British almost campaign against them like most you know very patriotic people don't really associate Arsenal with being an English team or a British team because we've always been very continental so it's actually quite nice to kind of be viewed in that way for, yeah. for a change yeah it was um it was definitely good. So, so what? It could potentially be United in the final Europa League. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's um, we've got Villarreal. Um, I, I think do they have? I think United might have Roma as, as the other yeah, semis, which is obviously, Roma, obviously yeah. the tough one. But obviously for Arsenal, it's interesting because we've got Villarreal, which we play quite a few times. The their manager is Unai Emery, so Arsenal's failed ex-manager, but he's obviously got a fantastic record in the Europa League with Sevilla, Sevilla, because he's, I think he's won it like three or four times yeah three times in a row they won it yeah so it's going to be a tough one but it'll be yeah, amazing if we get to the final and it could be one of those occasions again where there are where the Champions League final and the Europa League final is an all English encounter because that happened two seasons ago when it was Tottenham Liverpool in the Champions League final and it was Chelsea Arsenal in the Europa League final yeah and Arsenal were terrible that game Oh my word! Yeah, against Chelsea. Oh, I was away and I was on holiday actually in I think Malta at the time, and uh, managed to squeeze in and watch the game in the hotel room. But oh, absolutely terrible. Yeah, from what I mean, it was that second half performance, the worst performances that you'll, I think that I've ever seen. That that's in a in, in a game yeah, like yeah, a final. Australia. Yeah, and I, I remembered vividly. Literally, it was five minutes to go. We were like three one down. And we were just playing it around the back. I was just like, oh my God, please just float the ball in. Someone just have a go. And, you know, we did a classic Arsenal, just pass it around the back. So, but anyway, we digress. Uh, looking good so far in the Europa League. Um, yeah, we're just, we're just blowing hot and cold at the moment. We, we have a good system that works, but it's just whenever we don't play that system with those players, we just look terrible, yeah. basically. So at least we know what we need to build on and move forward with. Tierney's gone out injured, which is a shame because now Jack is playing left back. So we don't really have a natural left back in the team at the moment. So that potentially is going to impact us and Tierney's probably out the rest of the season. So that could be a telling point, especially if we get any more injuries in that area. But but overall, I think I mean, my expectations of Arsenal are pretty low at the moment anyway. So for me, the fact that we've, yeah, we've got into the semi-finals and we're putting in some good performances, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. Yeah, it should be nice. I mean, it would be, be nice if Liverpool were, were in the semi-final of the Champions League. But I'll be honest, I'm like, I don't know if it's the Liverpool thing. Because if you'd asked me last year, and I know that obviously it went a bit tits up last year with COVID, but, but I was... I wasn't that looking forward to the Euros. I wasn't thinking too much about the Euros. I think about how Liverpool were playing, and how yeah. you know. And I, so I was really enjoying Liverpool. Whereas now I'm like, I, I I feel like from last weekend, I'm really starting to feel like the buzz for the Euros. Oh, two months since our last conversation about it, when you were reminding me of of the players that we've got, yeah. and uh, on our last podcast since then, I've been like, bloody hell, yeah. I think I, I'm I'm a bit more excited about that. Um, I think we're going to have a real, real strong chance. It's so. really hard to pick a squad for England at the moment. Oh, mate. Like with, yeah. with, with I, all I, the players. I've done it loads. Even Bellingham, you see him. Or you, I don't know, you probably saw more of the game than I Yeah, did, no, no. Just... Yeah, I, I, I saw lots of him over the two legs. I was watching him and he looks so good. But he's, the thing I like about him as well, he's very different from any England midfielder we've got. Mm-hmm. 
we massively digress. But we in in England, when it comes to centre midfield, we've got two types of player. We've either got a very defensive midfielder, yeah, or we've got a very attacking midfielder, which isn't really a centre midfielder. Yeah, um, it's more of a number ten role. Yeah. Or we've got those wide ones. We've no, no, not got anyone in between, but he is the perfect fit for that box-to-box, almost Vieira-type player, I would say. Yeah, he definitely He's only 17 as well. It's just madness. Yeah, it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, he looks so... Yeah, for 17 to to have such an impact. It wasn't as if he was one of those cameo players. Like I, I know Wilshere did it when he was younger against Barcelona and you see some players do it where you just see flashes of brilliance or it might be a lucky game. Yeah. Whereas he's done it in both of the legs and just been, a, you know, just been just working so hard back and forwards. Um, yeah. Really getting stuck in. Yeah. Re- re- really waiting. It might be a bit too soon for him though, potentially, but although Gareth Southgate does, does like to put a bit of trust into young players. Mm. But anyway, we'll, we'll 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 have a session or a podcast on that. I think leading up to Euros. um Euro twenty two, maybe not the next one, but the one after, we can maybe do a session session on us picking our twenty two or twenty four man squad. I yeah, I think I struggle with that. I think I struggle with that more than this yeah. one. Yeah, perfect. Sounds good. Um, right, okay. Let's move on to Bournemouth. Uh, have you seen much of them at all? I've seen recently, that they've Jay? been on a bit of a run. They have five game, five wins in a row, and it was funny actually, because about five games ago, it was like five six games ago, we had the Barnsley game that we lost, and it was one of those that they they, they were terrible. The game was a bit back and forward, and after that, I remember I've got uh, a mate called Martin who massive Bournemouth fan, like season ticket holder, and I said to him, "Oh, we're done now," <laughs> and, and he, I think he messaged me saying. Um, um, they can see that we're not down at all. It'll take is just us going on a, on a game of like five wins in a row. And I was thinking there's no chance that's going to happen. And then we actually did. So we've got five wins in a row. We're now in the fifth in the league, in the playoff position. There's only five games remaining. So it, it's going to be tight. But we, we, they do have Norwich today, though. Obviously, Norwich are one of the are they top. Yeah, they or are top, top two. Yeah. I think they're top, Absolutely actually. Blind. So they, they've been doing really well. But Bournemouth are on form. They've been playing some good stuff. Not, not been looking unbeatable, but... Been playing some much better stuff. Billings kind of cemented himself in that number ten role now, which seems to suit him a lot more. Which is strange considering his stature and height. But yeah, I think we found started to actually find a way of playing which is working. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting into the season. The most exciting thing is that there's a chance fans are going to be allowed back in the stadium in time for the playoffs. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? So yeah. Oh, I would be absolutely waiting in queue on the phone for any tickets if that if that's the case if Bournemouth get into the playoffs yeah I'll be doing whatever necessary to get those mm. tickets that would be um, yeah you say, uh, it's 8 o'clock yeah yeah, yeah, yeah 8 o'clock so, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll watch that, that one because it's on Sky <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that, that, that could be an interesting game. And to us, even just for their morale for the rest of the season to continue that game. I'd say if we, if we get a draw against Norwich, that would be seen as a positive. If they can get a draw with a good performance, yeah. I think that'll just keep that momentum going for the for the rest of the season. They can just make sure they, they get into that playoff position a bit bit safer. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah just, just got to keep doing what they're doing now. Get, get a few more wins, cement that place into the playoffs and yeah, nice little uh, like mini cup competition, if you like, just to put, get back yeah, into yeah. the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it'd be so good to have him back in the Premier League. It'd be weird because it would almost be like it never happened. Because if it goes to, if they get back into Premier League and then fans are allowed back into the stadium, <laughs> yeah. it's just almost as if that season didn't yeah. happen. Um, and it's like we've just gone from one season in the Premier League with fans to a season with no fans that was almost like a fake season into an, uh, the next real season in the Premier League. Um, it, was, it, was fair, it would be great for Jonathan Woodgate, like fair play to him, to come into a, a situation with Bournemouth where it was looking fairly, when I say dire, was, we were still top half of the table, but for the players that we had looked fairly dire to, you know, do what he's done. He's not, you know, set the world alight or anything, but he's got them winning games, which is the most important thing. The other thing I wanted to raise was actually, it's weird because Jack Wilshire isn't even getting in the team at the moment. Mm. So we've got this massive name who's technically a Premier League player. He's coming in and we've even got players injured like Lewis Cook's out 
pretty much for the rest of the season. But Jack Wilshere still isn't getting a sniff. It's really, really weird. Um, which I'm a bit disappointed, really. You think someone like Jack Wilshere trying to make a name for himself, you'd come in and you would just do whatever it took in this in this position. You're in a lower league where you should be absolutely smashing it. But he just, yeah, a bit, bit dis- disappointed with, with him, really. It's weird, isn't it? Because it was the same at West Ham. He was, he was mm. fit for like 10 months. He didn't get a sniff. And that's yeah. why he left. There's clearly, clearly just something about him in, in, in his, the way he trains and things like that. Clearly, they just don't have much trust in him. Yeah, yeah. Like he's still still amazing, but I, I I think he just his head's not in the right place. He goes missing. He, he just clearly shows something that managers see that knows it's ineffective. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Has that I've desire? I've not seen too too much, but I'll definitely watch that game tonight because uh, I think that'll be a good game. So um, hopefully we'll get to see. Even if he comes on as a sub, hopefully I'll be able to. Give the next time we talk, I'll be able to give an actual opinion based on something that I've seen rather than, um, you know, just hearsay. And I, yeah, I knew he'd not really been playing, but um, but yeah, you're right. There must be, there must be something. But you know, do you know what you hear about players who, and and I think I can't remember if it was Owen or there was someone who who was like after they had an injury, they weren't they wouldn't go in to tackle the same. Yeah. They wouldn't like they wouldn't and, and even in training they would, you know, only run it about seventy percent because they'd be like, I know that if I go at ninety five percent, it's gonna go. Like my you know my knee will go or my hamstring will go. And so you just think yeah, you just well, you think I think injuries like that, especially when they're young, they must impact these people so bad. Yeah, mentally. You you, yeah. you would always be playing at seventy five to eighty percent because you know that every time you give a hundred percent within yeah, within either one to one and a half games or one to one and a half training sessions, bam, something's going to flare up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's tough. It's, oh, it's look tough. at us get, going into the psyche of uh, professional athletes. Well, it's better than bloody well. talking about bloody balls. <laughs> circles on balls and stuff. <laughs> okay, right. Team's wrapped up. Time to move on to the big subject. Yeah. So... England, 22-man squad from 1996 yeah. onwards, because obviously that's when football came home. Um, and before that, our knowledge of the England team. To us, 94, fairly okay, but suppose we had a crap team anyway, so there's no point. Yeah, we didn't even qualify. Yeah. Um, so let's go through our 22-man squad from 1996 up till now. Um, so I think if we go through position by position first. Yeah. So just so you know, as well, before you start, because I know we briefly mentioned this uh, just before we started, um, and I'm going to have to say you are going to need to have three goalies. Why? Because, so I, I found out this, not now, but I, I just remembered that a couple of weeks ago I was reading about the North Korean football team. And in the 2002 World Cup, they tried to basically get be a bit sneaky. And rather than, they basically named one of their strikers as a goalie. Um, and FIFA actually wrote to them and said he can't play anywhere but in goal. Oh no! So, so you, do you legally have to have three you goalies? You have to have three goalies, and if you oh, but... and so if you basically if you put a different player on the list, um, uh, then then yeah, you, he'd have to play in goal. So I feel like he'd be a bit of a wasted player. Oh, but that makes it really hard because I've, I've I've got this perfect system of two players for every position. Well, you're gonna have to get rid of um, one, and and I'm not I've not, I'm not in that level of detail, so you have to think on that. Do you know what? As well, it's not football related, but I've got to tell you this as well because I only found it out <laughs> on on Thursday. But you're like this. Uh, it's complete. It's not. It, it's anyone listening to the podcast listen again. Where the hell is this going now? Because what, I thought this was a football chat, but I've got to tell you because otherwise I'll forget about it. I won't, I'll forget to tell you, and it will just disappear. But that's right. Know, if, if it's that bad, I'll just edit edit it right. out. So you know the you know the song "Still Dre" from the famous album. The, the Chronic 2001 by Dr. Dre, right? <laughs> I certainly do. I've actually learned how to play it on the piano. Yeah, right, so I think maybe that's what I'm talking to you about, it, right? I found out two days ago, and I never knew this, all of the lyrics of that song were written by Jay-Z. No. Yeah, all the, every lyric, Snoop's lyrics, Dr. Dre's lyrics, every single lyric on that song was written by Jay-Z. Okay, I am Googling that this now because I believe it. I, I'm so glad that you're that you're spraying you off guard as well because I and it was I I was watching it just come up as a video on um, Facebook and it was Snoop Dogg talking about his like five like most famous tracks and they weren't on there and they questioned him about it and he was like I didn't write it Jay Z they basically were tr- they were struggling with the beat 
uh, and they were just like they just had writer's block and they couldn't get anywhere of it. Yeah, and they just brought Jay Z in. He come. He, they did it in about fifteen minutes. Wrote all the lyrics, and then see you later. So I'm just googling it now. It's a fact. Yeah, because I'm reading an article in the Enemy. Snoop added, um, "Jay Z is a great writer to begin with for himself. So imagine him striking it for someone he truly loves and appreciates. He loves Dr. Dre, and that's what his pen showed you. That I can't write for you if I don't love you." Um, oh no, that doesn't really answer it. But yeah, during his Breakfast Club interview, Snoop talks about how Dre flew Jay Z out, and he wrote all of "Still Dre" in under an hour. This is amazing, isn't it? I can't believe I never knew. That. <sighs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. If anything, don't know why. I, I'll be honest; I'm not the biggest fan of Jay Z. Uh, some of his tracks I've, I've quite enjoyed, but yeah, I don't know. As as a rapper, I don't really like his stuff, but. Oh, so I know it's interesting. I just wanted to chat that out there because I felt like it was something that I didn't know. You, I assume that you didn't know it either, and it blew my mind when I found no, out. No, no, hundred percent. I'm shocked to my core. Um, okay, well, you know, it shows our worldliness to our listeners yeah. and the, the the depths that we've got and the layers. You can add that on the tags so, as well, um, like gangster rap. So you can just put like when yeah, you tag, true. It, you can be like football, football talk, uneducated. The, the thing is. I think people p- probably picked up from our chat that we're pretty gangster <laughs> yeah, anyway. So um, I think we're, we're, we're already there. <laughs> they knew that. Um, <laughs> okay. So back on to England, 22 man squad. And then we're going to have to pick three. I don't know who the bloody, I'm going to wait for your, your mention on the keepers then right. before I even attempt to think of my third one. Okay. So first keeper, obviously has to be the one and only David. Yeah, he's my number one as well. Okay, I'm, I'm writing, writing all this down, by the way. Um, okay, uh, I, uh, if you go for your second, then we'll see if it matches up with mine. And then if it doesn't, then I've got the third. All right, num- my second goalkeeper is Joe Hart. Ah, okay. Just because I think if, I, I just wanted to, you know, when you were talking about, like, I was basing him on them, and maybe it was like two or three years that he was just, before he made the mistakes in the World Cup, and he was, you know, he'd won the, he'd won the um, Premier League with Man City, and you just thought, yeah, just, yeah. at that point, you just thought, he's going to be the keeper for the next 10 or 15 years. Yeah, he was, he was, he was one of those, he was a better version of, Paul Robinson in that respect. So I remember when, do you remember Paul Robinson when he first came on yeah. the scene with Leeds United? Yeah. Where he was unstoppable, like just just so springy across the yeah. goal would save everything. And Joe, Joe Hart was the same. And he looked, yeah, like you say, he looked like he was going to be a solid goalkeeper for years. And then weirdly just had this dip. Uh, of, of, well, I don't, don't know about World Cup, I just remember the Euros, wasn't it, against Iceland yeah. where he, he messed up. I don't know if it's from then onwards or whether that was part of his doubt, like, within that downfall of his but he just yeah just went just couldn't get good again yeah. but yeah I think like you say based on those it was like two to four years I think he had of solid performances for England where he really cemented it as his own yeah is that, that the thing okay. you add? no no I've, I've, I've got I had a different second one now this one is potentially controversial but this guy as a shot stopper he's always been my favourite one of my favourite keepers because his reflexes were incredible uh, David James. Yeah, he was on. He, I mean, uh, on my, uh, he was on my bit of paper, which I lost. Um, he was, he yeah. was, he was, it was him, him or Pickford for me, just because of what. Oh, go on. No, 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 okay, no. You say just you, because I. You finish your like sentence. Pickford was is so much better of his feet, and I think although he's a lot smaller, than him, and I totally agree with you, with David James. I think he's an absolute liability, and every time a cross come in, you'd always have a bit of panic in you. But actually. In regard to reflexes and making saves that he shouldn't save, he was as yeah. good as anyone. Like, yeah, yeah, hundred oh, percent. For someone of his size to have the speed and yeah. reflexes he did, it just didn't make sense. But it was incredible. But a liability. Yeah. But personally, I would pick him over Pickford. It's just really because of how Pickford is on the ball and his distribution. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, and everyone talks about it, but I feel like. Especially if when I watched England play the last couple of games without him, we really missed it. And I don't, I don't think our keepers have enough to do. To most of their play, our keepers yeah. play is kind of playing out from the back and kind of looking for like getting the ball and then breaking quickly. And I think he offers England so much in that. I, I hate him because of what he did to Van Dyke, but but as in, if I take that out, 
like I just think that he and he's quite small as well for a goalie, but he uh, his reflexes yeah. are very good. He's decision making seems to be pretty good, um, and his distribution. Yeah. Well, he had a really good World Cup, uh, two thousand and eighteen, yeah, didn't he? And then to most like you say for the, for the star we play, if we were a team that were constantly under attack, then actually maybe you'd want uh, David James. They're going to have to pull off reflex save after reflex save, but. Yeah. That's not really what we do. It's one of those where you need someone that's got the attention attention span so that they're stood there not doing much and then all of a sudden the shot comes in and they're paying attention. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, yeah, I'll let you have Pickford on that one. Then. So we've got keepers of David Seaman, Joe Hart, Jordan Pickford. Yeah. Okay, so right back position. Uh, number one, clearly has to be Gary Neville. Yeah, I've got him. I'm going to take him Gary Neville, uh, yeah. Because, yeah, just longevity, solid performer. In today's modern game, don't know whether he'd really fit in, but he'd probably end up as a centre-back. But I, I think you've got to have him in there. So this was a tough one for kind of... Uh, you, I think you've said you don't necessarily have one, but because I've, I've gone for two people in every position. I've, yeah, I've gone for Kieran Trippier. as the next one. Well, he definitely wasn't on my, any of my lists or any of my bits of things <laughs> I've written down. Yeah. But okay, even if we're not going to put a name on the list, if you think about the next best right back we've had for England since then, that put the performances on a regular basis for England, it was kind of out of him or Kyle Walker for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Kyle Walker on that. I mean, I'll be honest. Do you know what? I couldn't. When I was thinking about right backs, I, I literally I was going Gary Neville, and then my next one was. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't going to ever put him on there. But what I mean is, is that. I was just going, what other right backs we had there? And all I could think of was Danny Mills, and he wasn't going in there, <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know why. Well, I don't know if it's because of that era. Too. But yeah, I didn't even think about Carl Walker, and I definitely wasn't wasn't trippy. I'd actually only had one right back, which was uh, Gary Neville. Yeah, I think you got to have two. Um, the thing is, what what you could potentially say is squat. Well, I don't know because there's no way I'm removing any of the four. How many defenders have you got? So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, so eight. Yeah, so I've got seven. So maybe that's yeah. right. So let's go, forget the right back. Let's see if we can go. Who's your left back? Okay, left back, obviously, number one, Ashley Cole. If, it, if anything, probably the best left back England have ever had. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the best in the world that's ever existed, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. I've got him. I've gone for a follow up left back, though. Have you got a second one? I have, yeah. Okay, I've gone for Graham Lasseau. Oh, I've got Stuart Pearce. See, I, I would say Stuart Pearce, basically 96, was, that was it for him. Yeah, I don't care. I don't think he did anything like that. Oh, I don't know. I just loved his, I just loved his, from an Eng- England passion and him singing that national anthem and just being Stuart Pearce, like I couldn't, I, to be honest, he come to me before Ashley Cole. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't start him because obviously when I was going through it in my mind, I was just trying to. Originally, I was just writing down players and I wasn't really too concerned. I kind of was like, right, I'll get seven, seven defenders and eight midfielders and five attackers. Um, yeah, and he was the first one. And maybe it was just because of that, because of, because of his performance yeah. in 96. And, and, uh, a bit romantic yeah. there. Um, but yeah, Ashley Cole would definitely be my starter there. But I just, I just like the thought of Stuart Pearce being in the squad. Oh, I'll, I'll let you have Stuart Pearce. Like Graham Lasseau, though, he was an outstanding performer oh, for definitely. years, especially... Welcome to 98. You know, if he if he was fit, Euro 2000, who knows what would have happened. Um, but I'm surprised, actually, that Graham Lasseau didn't play in 1996 because he would have, the season before that, I'm pretty sure he won the league with Blackburn in 95, didn't he? And so, yeah, I'm surprised. He, I'm not sure if he's in the squad, to be honest, but I guess Pierce was still... One of the big players. So, okay, let's go. Ashley Cole, Stuart Pierce, and then I've gone just for four seven yeah. backs. But I'm assuming you've got. Me five. too. Shall I go and see if yours match up with mine? <laughs> yeah, I'd be pretty shocked if they didn't. But go on, then so you go. Terry Ferdinand. Yeah. Campbell. Tony Adams. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. How can you pick anyone other than those four? They're just absolute beasts. Just, oh, just look at that. That's just incredible. Well, apart from Greg, okay, well, obviously... so, which I he actually did have written down, um, as well. He was on my not on the piece. I can prove it because I can't find that bit of paper. But I'm sure it'll be about somewhere. But yeah. he was on. He was on. I didn't have Trippier. So apart from that, everyone that you said nice had we had written down. Apart from I didn't have Trippier. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so I'll put Trippier as a maybe because we do have to get rid of someone on this list anyway because I'd put one extra outfield player so he can be maybe that gets yeah. dropped. Um, okay, let's go to the tough subject of midfielders. So again, I've done it in a format of two right midfielders, two left midfielders and four centre midfielders. One, so two, three, I think four, you probably five, got a bit six, differently. Though. Seven. Yeah, I got, just got eight. So I, 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 but I've not... I could probably pay two in each position, actually. Uh, yeah, potentially. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't do it like that. Okay, so, we've... so I'll, I'm going to go with my right midfielders yeah. first. So obviously the first one's David yeah. Beckham. I can't be any arguing there. Now this one is one of my controversials because I was thinking, I was finding it really tough to think of right midfielders, and there's only one player that I felt had consistently probably played that position over a number of years and had some good performances, and that is Theo Walcott. What are you saying, I've Joe? I've not got him anywhere near my list. Um... Have you got anyone that would could potentially play in that right midfield position? I've obviously got Beckham, uh, and I've got Sterling. Okay, see, I, I to be honest, I've got Sterling in in the left midfield position. Well, I I didn't really think too much about him, but he just he's just in my list. So, but if you ask me, he was someone that I'd play. But Beckham, Beckham would play there every time. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's put Theo Walcott as a maybe. So we've got both got Raheem Sterling. So we might as well talk about my left sided midfielder players. I've got Raheem yeah. Sterling. And I've got yeah, Steve McManaman as well. Uh, nice. Although it feels like he didn't necessarily do that much for England, but in terms of players around that era who were amazing, even at club level, and he did, he, you know, he did play Euro two thousand. He got a goal, so yeah, I think he's got to go in there. So then it's the centre midfield four. Now, obviously, there's going to be three players in there that we've agreed on, but I can imagine there's a fourth one which could be the differing factor. So do, do you want to reveal your four? Have you got, have you got four centre midfielders? I didn't have that other right midfielder, have I? So, oh. So I've got... Okay, so yeah, who's, Skulls, who's your five? Lampard. Yep. Gerrard. Yep. Gascoigne. Yeah. Uh, okay, Paul yeah. Lintz. Yeah, see, so yeah, I've gone for Paul Ince. Uh, I haven't gone for Gascoigne because he had a good 96 and some of the lead up to 98, he, he, he had some good games for England, but then actually he didn't play again after that. Whereas for me, Paul Ince, yeah, in terms of 96, World Cup 98, he was excellent. He played in Euro 2000. So he's played over a longer period of time. Um, so, yeah, I, I've gone for Steve Gerrard, Paul Scholes, Frank Lampard, Paul Ince. Yeah. So, so, so basically, basically what we're saying here, and as I voice this out, <laughs> the answer is good. We've got a choice between Theo Walcott or Paul Gascoigne. That's such a tough decision. Um, the thing I'm going to say is obviously with Paul Gascoigne could potentially play on the right or the left. Yeah, I just think if you're naming a, the best England team since or squad, he has to be in there. He's just he was just so great to watch. I just love watching him. Okay, so we'll put Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> In there, well, to be, to be honest, you you've got you and I six and the lead up to ninety eight. I, I remember there was a, a World Cup qualifier for ninety eight. Actually, went to Wembley to watch, and he played, and it was amazing because it was alongside Ian Wright, who was my absolute hero. And I think Gascoigne, either Gascoigne or Wright, scored two that game. But I remember there's a particular goal where they set each other up, and yeah, it was incredible to watch. And he was still amazing yeah. even at that age. Like, he was playing for probably Middlesbrough at the time, so it still wasn't wasn't. At his peak, but still, still brilliant. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll put him in there. Okay, so and we've got midfielders. Sure, sure Beckham, Gaston, dropping Theo Walcott and Paul Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I, I've, yeah. Oh, it's, it's such a tough one. Walcott, Gascoigne, like we're we're going to cause absolute <laughs> outrage when this does listen to this that we did pick Theo <laughs> Walcott over Gascoigne. But um, yeah, let let let's go with that. Um. Okay, so then we're going on strikers. I've got five, four. And of course, yeah, you've gone for a fifth, which is a bit excessive, but depending, well, it all depends what system we're going to play. But okay, who, who's who's your five? I want to hear your four because then I'll see where I've got extra. So I've gone four. Rooney, yep. Owen, Kane, Shearer. I've got all four and I've just got one extra. Oh, who's this? See if you can guess. 
Extra striker, Rooney, Owen Kane, Shearer. Offers something a bit different. Probably, I, I, yeah, I think I, you've either gone out of. Well, no, go, go. What are you going to say? Because you might be giving me some clues. I don't, I think he's. I think he was. He's. He was great. Um, oh, he's. Yeah, he's the. He's the older one out of the two. Then. Um, okay. Go on. Who Sher- Sheringham. He is Sheringham. Yeah. Totally yeah. Sheringham. And he was my fifth. Yeah, that was it. Right, okay. Who was your other one? Everyone Heskey. No, I, no, I didn't have a fifth. Oh. <laughs> there was no controversial forwards. There's no way, like Rooney and Kane Shearer aren't getting in. But you, I'm pretty sure though, you, number of players we've got, you wouldn't be able to have. I've got 23. I've, I've got numbers. Oh yeah, we had to, I thought we had to do 22. Man squad. There's a 23 man. Ah, oh, perfect. Okay, so what we've got to decide then, because I've got just one maybe, and if we make your sharing a maybe, yeah. So all we've got to decide is whether to go with either a backup right back in Kieran Trippier, or go for a fifth, fifth striker yeah. in Sheringham. Hmm. It's hard, isn't it? Because you've got players. No, that... it's not hard. I, 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 was build, I was building up, but I was, I was, yeah, there's one obvious answer for me. What you think? The, you think the right back? Yeah, we've got four strikers. Like there's no putting showing. He's, he's not even going to play. Yeah, all right. I'm not sure about Trippier, though, but I can't think of anyone. All right, all right, okay. Let's let's not maybe. So I think we need. A de- so it has to be for me. It has to be a Trippier or Walker. Yeah, I think I'd put Carl Walker over. Okay. Over Trippier. Okay, that is our 22 so based squad. On, based on that, then, that means in your eyes, there's absolutely no way. If you're, you're basically naming your top right backs from the last, since 1996. Yeah. And obviously, two of them are still available to England. And I'm not saying that they're peak now, because technically, you could say things like Joe Hart's are available to England. He's yeah. He's yeah. near the squad. Um, he wouldn't be able to serve people drinks in the squad. Um, <laughs> But, but so saying that is that in your right and, and maybe we'll talk about this more next time because um, I know we've probably been what with these 75 edits you're going to have to do yeah. um, so that means Alexander Arnold isn't making your isn't making your 23 I am not going to say say anything I'm going to leave that hanging for when we do our next session leave yeah. you in suspense I think but um, the thing is particularly particularly Carl Walker I would be looking at previous performances rather than yes. current performances. I think Kieran Trippier is a bit more current than recent because of the World Cup 2018. He was quite pivotal in his performances, his set pieces, things like that. Although, to be honest, in this squad, there's no way Trippier is getting anywhere near a dead ball situation. No. Um, but, yeah, no, that's an interesting one. Okay, so now we've got the tough part of the... the this is the tougher point because it's, then it comes into what system do we play, which is the first eleven. So, I think right, there are some easy ones. ones. Yeah, go on. So, goalkeeper has to be David Seaman. Yeah. Yeah, you agree with that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, he was not my number one. Okay, so, yeah. so we go for a back four. Yeah, back four. Okay, right back, Neville. Yeah. Now, this is the hard part. Centre-back pairing. What, what, what are you thinking? It's really hard, but I think you. I mean, I'm I, now. I'm just gonna say. I, I think this is such a hard one, and I'm gonna like based on what you're basically saying is. I think Ferdinand's going in with one of the other three. Yeah, I think like, especially in the modern game. Yeah. Um, and then I think it just. I, I mean, you, I don't know. I think I'd have to go John Terry. I think. Oh, see, I'd go Tony Adams. Um, so I swear Tony Adams left footed or at least he could play with his left foot so that would one compliment Rio Ferdinand I think especially I don't know just there, there were two big voices in Adams and Ferdinand I, I, yeah I, I don't know I, I think Tony Adams and Ferdinand is like my almost my dream like, I, I feel sorry for Sol Campbell because he was an absolute machine but and just so but I, I don't know. I just love Tony Adams, and I, I, I think Rio Ferdinand Tony Adams would just be an incredible pair. I, I suppose John Terry out of the four of them, I would put him last. 
I've never like he's, he's, I know he's been great, but yeah, wouldn't wouldn't put up there with them three. All right, yeah, you can have we can have Adams in the back. Yes. It's not exactly oh hard done by, is it? No. Okay, we'll have Tony Adams, for fuck's sake. Um okay, left back obviously has to be Ashley Cole. Yeah, agreed. So t- yeah, that that was fairly simple process, but now we're going to the tough point of the midfield because it's are we playing four four two, are we playing four three three, four five one? What what's going on? I think we, the thing is we've got too many good strikers to play only one up. So it's do we play two of them or do we play three of them? Hmm. Thing is, if you're talking three right in midfield, do you go? Do you, and this is what you know. You were saying to me before about Beckham, and I was like, leave, like leave Beckham out because I think if you play four three three, and you and, and you say so you're not paying Beckham on the right. Does Beckham get in your midfield if you've got Skulls, Lampard, and Gerrard? About like, um, quality, or and then, but then for balance, do actually you need to be playing Paul Lins? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Like personally, one Beckham has to get in the team. I would player for player, I, and what he's done for England, I would have Beckham over Lampard. So Beckham, so you're going four four two? Then I think you'd have to because he has to go. <laughs> In front of yeah, well, I don't know. He could play because again, I might be getting a bit complicated here. But say, say you're playing a four-three-three, so you've got three centre midfielders. You could play Beckham as the right centre midfielder because actually, if you play four-three-three, what you're doing is you're hoping for your left back and right back to be bobbing it forward. Does Gary Neville bomb it forward enough on that right? I would say no. So actually, what you play is that four-three-three system, but actually with Beckham venturing over to the right a lot more because Gary Neville's not going to be given that attack there enough. Yeah, all right, we'll, we'll have him in. We'll, it's just I feel like now we're, now we're going to start to really struggle because you're basically you're trying yeah. to pick a two from, unless you want to play Gerald on the left, which isn't going to work for me anyway. No, 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 no. You're no, picking two no. from Skulls, Lampard, Gerard, Ince and Gascoigne. Uh, see that makes yeah we've got to go four four two then I think yeah okay so let's go Beckham right midfield especially like if you think come on over the years what's worked well for us is that Beckham right midfield position yeah. just how many goals did we score from his crosses during his time so David Beckham right midfield centre midfield pairing as ever we're in that Sven Goran Eriksson era of troublesome of picking two for me Steve Gerrard Hundred percent has to play centre midfield. Yeah, and I think I don't know you. We, we agreed on that. Yeah, your controversial opinion about skulls, but again, I think as a as that holding. Again, it depends who you were playing, or it depends who England were playing. But I think if you were wanted one to sit a bit more, and especially if you think that like later to yeah, I would have to go skulls and Gerard then. I think. Yeah. No... So no, no Paul Ince. No Paul Ince, no Gascoigne. But again, it would depend on the opposition. But I think that that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we can go skulls over. See, I I would love an Ince Gerard midfield too. Personally, I think um, they would complement each other. It'd give Stephen Gerrard the freedom to be Mister Fantastic that he was for Liverpool. Like in the way that if you think about pairings, Xavi Alonso alongside Stevie Gerrard was the perfect combination because Alonso could just sit there. Well, skulls could do that to some extent as well. Um, but obviously, Ince is a better attacker than the Skulls. But yeah, like to, to allow Stephen Gerrard to be the player that he is, someone like Alonso is, is the ideal player. So, but yeah, okay, let's go Skulls and then left midfield. Um, so if you've got to pick left midfielders, I've got we've got Raheem Sterling or Steve McManaman, but there is that wild card of Paul Gascoigne. Because oh, yeah. the thing is, thing is about Paul Gascoigne is you could almost give him a free roll because you know with Ashley Cole you've got a very attacking left back that's going to be able to get down right, that so wing yeah, a lot so maybe and you could allow play, Gascoigne to come in. You say your thing and you actually play Gerard slightly of the left of the centre, Beckham on slightly the right of the centre, and Skulls just behind them, and then you could play three of maybe I don't know. Oh god, this work is really hard. Yeah, well, but this is to be honest, this is the sub point with the strikers where maybe four three three is better because you could have Rooney as not the centre striker but the drop off, yeah. and, and maybe I don't know Owen. Oh, it's a tough one. 
Yeah, I, th- I think Owen would suit a four-four-two yeah. more because he could like being the the, the main striker up front doesn't suit well because he's small. Um, and I don't know if he's got enough about him to play as a as one of the sort of for, wider forwards. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Let's go with that then. Let's go with. Um... Well, you'll go. F- Four three three. Okay, so Beckham, Gerard, Paul Scholes, yeah. and then who again with the front three? Rooney. Rooney. Shearer. Okay. Ooh, Shearer. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Then I've... you can't play Kane. I think you, you, if you play Shearer, yeah. you can't play Kane. So that means it's got to be Owen, yeah, isn't Owen, it? Yeah. Yeah. Rooney, Shearer, Owen. Um, yeah, okay, I like that. I think that's a formidable 11 with some great substitutes able to come onto yeah. the pitch. I'm happy with that. Cool, okay, yeah, happy with that. Right, let's get this wrapped up. I'm going to move on to my controversial opinion. So, Paul, there's often this debate around who's better, Lampard, Gerard, or Skulls. And you hear all these people talking about skulls, especially professionals talking about, oh, in training he did this, he would ping this ball here and hit this tree, yada, yada, yada. And they always always put him ahead of Stephen Gerrard. Now, I'm not saying skulls is terrible, but I think he's overrated. And I would say 100% of the time, Stephen Gerrard is way above skulls. And although people talk about skulls doing this, doing that, I would say in terms of impact in games, winning games, I think Stephen Gerrard all day, every day. Mm. I mean, I love Steven Gerrard, and I, I, I think comparing him just to Steven is probably a little bit unfair. Like, when you say he's overrated, do you mean that you think a lot of people would rate him higher than Gerrard? Yeah, I would say from, from the discussions, especially professionals, and, you know, obviously my opinion is a bit more valuable than professional <laughs> footballer because I see things they yeah. tell him. Um, but, yeah, I, I, just, I just hear a lot of chat when that subject comes up that puts Paul Scholes ahead of Gerard, and I, I just I just don't know how you can you can do that. When you've got Paul Scholes that spent his career at a, a fantastic Man United team that's always had fantastic players around him. And then you've got Steven Gerrard who's been in some di- no offense Jay, some diabolical Liverpool teams and absolutely carried them to victories in cup finals. Um, again particularly that FA Cup final against West Ham for instance. Um yeah, I just, I just don't know how you can even compare the two. I, I, I mean, you have to leave that with me. Let me. Um, what I'll do for next time is let me grab some stats on comparing them because I don't. I mean, I, I think that actually it would be more split than I think that a lot of people will say. I, I don't think you would. I don't think there would be a majority that said Skulls has been as better yeah. than Gerard. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. Well, I, I, I won't be happy until it's sev- at least seventy-five percent in favour of Gerard. All right. Well, let me let me have a, let's have a look at some <laughs> of their stats and see what we can um, see what I can pull up and let's have a look and see what. The, okay, that can be your job job for next time. So we'll says. we'll back yeah, that up. I got, and okay, the reason cool. why I'm saying that is because I can't. I like I love I love. I mean, you asked me. I think Gerard's better than Skulls, but I think as a I think underrated that implies that 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 actually a lot of people sorry overrated that a lot of people think that he's yeah. better than what he was and i don't i think he was like he was just a very different player to i think a lot of midfielders that i'd seen especially for his time like he, he was that alonzo type player he could pick up the ball and play passes but at the same time he was like box-to-box midfielder and he would like you know he'd hammer into tack he wasn't the greatest tackler in the world but he could Terrible you could tackler. get booked very often. Um, yeah, I, I also found big games against big teams. Paul Scholes, I was left disappointed. We'll come back on that. My um, my the reason why I'm trying to rush off is because my phone is keeps coming up with a slight alarm on it to say it's overheating. <laughs> okay, we'll wrap this up. Right. Jay, thanks for your time as ever. And thank you to all the listeners. Again, as always, please like, subscribe, comment on our Instagram post that we do, show us some love, give us some stuff to talk about. Uh, any final thoughts from yourself, Jay? No, nah, but I'd be interested to see who... I mean, I'm pretty... We were... be interesting to hear different age groups. Like, if you were to say from... I mean, they probably not remember 1996, but if you would say someone who was 10 years younger than us, where, what their team would be like... 
Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. They would potentially hold some of those other players like the, the huge name of Theo Walcott in higher regard than Gascoigne. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll put, to be honest, I'm going to put a post up on Instagram about the, 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 the 22 man squad that we've got. And, uh, yeah, please, anyone that's listening, give your thoughts, any players that we've disgracefully missed out. Um, and, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it next time. Okay, thanks, guys. Catch you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.